1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor here at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy, who's the sports editor for our Frisco, Little Elm, and Salina papers, as well as Justin Thomas, who's the sports editor for our whole slew of Denton County papers. And gentlemen, let's talk some playoff softball. You know we did uh, we did the same thing on Monday, previewing Class 6A. Where uh, we're devoting the podcast this week to previewing the uh, the high school softball playoffs for all of our postseason-bound teams. Um, like I said, Monday we. T- touched on class 6A. Obviously, hope you all gave that a listen. So, um, we're going to uh, focus on class 5A today. That means Frisco ISD, Prosper, the Colony, Little Elm, McKinney North, and then a couple schools over in 155A with Lovejoy and Mesquite Potete. So, um, obviously, uh, yeah, when we, uh, as, as is the case most of the time, when we begin these 5A podcasts, we're going to look at districts 135A versus 145A. Always, always a lot of fun there looking at those districts. We cover all 16 schools in them, so why not? Uh, plenty of familiarity with those schools. And Like eighty percent of them, (laughs) you do. You cover a lot of schools in five A, and so yeah. I mean, we look at the uh, kind of the postseason landscape between these two districts, and you have the exact same four teams from fourteen five A that made it last year. You got Prosper, the Colony, Little Elm, and McKinney North. Uh, The order is a little bit different, but same four. Whereas over at thirteen five A, you got a. Just, uh, with the exception of the district champion, uh, Frisco Wakeland, you got a uh, a bunch of a bunch of newcomers to the uh, mm-hmm. to the postseason dance. You got Frisco Independence, who finished in second place, uh, Reedy in third, and Heritage in fourth. Um, I guess let's start with um, the one matchup that kind of did hold form from uh, from last year's uh, by district round between these two districts, and that is uh, Frisco Wakeland, the top seed, against McKinney North, which placed uh, fourth in district fourteen five a. Yeah,
2: very unfortunate for North, they had a pl- like a playoff deciding game against <laughs> Little Elm. On Monday, you know, the loser had to face Wakeland, and unfortunately, that was the Lady Bulldogs, as they have to go up against uh, Kendall Fritz, one of the top strikeout artists in the area. She led the entire area with 230 strikeouts. So, I mean, if you have a dominant pitcher yeah. in softball, you can go a long way, and Wakeland definitely has that, and one of the best pitchers in probably the entire state.
1: So with um, yeah, it's it is kind of kind of funky. for you. you can see why they had the uh, the seeding game just because it did feel like there was kind yeah. of a there was a, <laughs> a, yeah, a bit of a drop off between yeah. uh, between Wakeland and the next best team. And, and I, it's nothing against you know
2: Independence or Reedy, mm-hmm. the next two teams, but Wakeland was just that good. They dominated. Uh, one of their late losses was to Independence, a three right. two loss. So you know, other than that game, they've really been dominating people. I saw them play against Heritage, uh, the four seed playoff team, and they they run rolled them mm-hmm. fifteen to nothing way earlier in the beginning of this year. So. Wakeland is easily a, a state title contender right now, and they're state ranked too.
1: This was um, this was the only matchup last year that went the way of District 13-5A when these uh, when these two districts squared off. You had the other three prosper, the Colony, and Little Elm. They all got past their respective Fresco ISD opponents, and um, with McKinney North, it, I think they're kind of they're kind of comparable to Little Elm just from a uh, from a, a level of uh, of play standpoint. I mean, they both played each other, you know, twice within a what a, th- a three day yeah. span. Mm-hmm. Both games were relatively competitive. The one was like three to two. The other was two, to, like two to zero, three to zero, something along those yeah, it was lines. Yes, three to zero on Monday. And yeah. Then not then a not a world of separation between uh, between these two teams. Um, but ultimately, uh, I mean, so that's kind of a, a hint that uh, you know McKinney North, their pitching has held up fine. I mean, Lindsey Garner went the distance in both of those games, but just the uh, the bats just weren't uh, weren't clicking, I guess. Well, to the uh, she to was
2: outdueled by Lauren Lucas, yeah. who's you know sophomore little on mm-hmm. pitcher. She's a Wichita, Wichita State commit. That's another team with a you know really really good mm-hmm. starting pitcher that can go a long way. You know they upset. Frisco, they were a powerhouse last year in the first round. Uh, Little M was able to upset them in that first round and make some noise. Almost beat Forney <laughs> in the following round. But yeah, so that's a, that's another team you know that, that can be dangerous mm-hmm. because of behind Lauren Lucas.
1: One thing about uh, McKinney North, just as we cap them, I mean, this is the 16th consecutive playoff appearance for the wow. North. So they've been as consistent as it gets in the area. It's pretty
2: much like every season in
1: their existence. It, it's for yeah, pretty much. I mean, it is the longest uh, active playoff streak in McKinney ISD just across all sports. But by that same accord, getting past that first round has been a bit of a struggle for them. This is uh, They're going to looking for their first series win since 2008 <laughs> against Wakeland. And it's going to be going to be a little tricky. These two teams, they squared off last year in the first round. Games that weren't, you know, when you think of a one versus four, you know, the scores didn't exactly reflect what you would think. You know, Wakeland won. They, I mean, they swept them last year, but it was just by scores mm-hmm. of five to one, you know, and four to one. But um, So I think that's kind of going to behoove McKinney North that they can keep the action a bit more on the low-scoring side. Um, one thing that's also worked in their favor, just as far as kind of who's coming in with a little bit of, bit of momentum in those two games against Little Elm, um, uh, Kenny North's leadoff hitter Natalie Morton swinging a pretty hot bat went two of three in both of those games, but yeah, it'll just be. uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, Wakeland is a is a justified favorite Mm -hmm. (laughs) favorite, and that and they should uh, very much be kind of hanging around quite a bit in the postseason. I think
2: Wakeland's lineup was better last year, but Kendall Fritz is even better uh, this year as a pitcher, and I think that's more important when it comes to you know playoff time.
1: That was
3: a good run they had last year. I saw them play the Colony Mm -hmm. in the third round and. Colony, who ended up winning the state championship, they got a walk-off to beat Wakeland last year, so mm-hmm. it's pretty entertaining, so they were right there with the state champs last year, and if their Fritz has gotten even better, that's got to bode well. And that was a known. really cool
2: story last year with the with the
3: daughter and right, and, yeah, mom and coaching duo. So uh, The coach is now at the Colony. She's an mm-hmm. assistant there. I'm not sure who Wakeland's head coach is now. But it's Nicole Price. It's yeah. her no. first year, and she, she was one of the assistants oh, okay, the so last she couple she years, so yeah, she's early. young, too. She's really young head coach and she's leading the Lady Wolverines you know back to district time. Yeah, well that was cool last year when the Colony and them played. It was mother, mother versus daughter on coaches and then of course the colonies Dina Coleman, she's the head coach. Her mm-hmm. daughter, Jade, Jada, is the star player for the Colonies. So she was playing against her si- sister coaching in the dugout on the other side. So <laughs> that's was, crazy. That so was pretty cool last year. That's yeah. crazy. We were talking just before this. She's batting 705 or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is, who does that? 7.14 or 7.04. Yeah. So that's an improvement over 6.70 last year <laughs> as a freshman.
2: Or for <laughs> Nat or Texas Player of the Year. where right, she yeah. got.
3: translate?
2: Absolutely.
1: Because this is one of the more fascinating subplots, I think, as you, you look at the postseason as a whole. That obviously, Colony is going to get a chance to defend their state championship, but they're going to have to do so with a bit of a different road from last year because they were the runners up in District 14-5A. Right. Uh, Prosper took the other uh, 14-5A title, so you got uh, the Colony, and um, just kind of uh, you know, Justin, you've you obviously been covering this team. Just yeah. kind of what's the uh, what's the read right now and where the Colony's at as they look to uh, to defend that title?
3: Well, it's I mean they look pretty good. You know they've they lost the two games in district. They were mm-hmm. both to Prosper last year. They went undefeated and beat Prosper last year. So this year they got second after losing to the two games, and they played pretty well in their series mm-hmm. against Little on um, and McKinney North, and then, as you mentioned, kind of a top-heavy district in 14-5A, so yeah. really tough to take too much from the games against the Carrollton Schools and Lake Dallas, but uh, obviously they had large winning margins and mm-hmm. all those mm-hmm. victories, so just the two losses. They played Keller, the reigning 6A state champ, co- pretty close a couple times in okay. non-district, so they've seen tough competition and fared pretty well, and didn't see the second game against Prosper, but that first game, you know, they were right in it. They had the lead in the sixth mm-hmm. inning, and then Prosper had a big inning, so, you know, lost both of them, but they were right there with Prosper, so I'd be I surprised don't, if... I don't pay too much
2: attention to 6A. Is Keller still the number one ranked team I in 6A? I don't know A's. if they're number they're one, n- They're number two, two in 6A right, right now. Okay. Right yeah, yeah, uh, a number is one. a San Antonio squad. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Lady Bird Johnson. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. San Fun fact, Keller's head coach was the Little M head coach last year. Really? Coach oh. Christina Gwynn-Barton. She was a pitcher for the 2003 state champion team, so... But she bailed out a little, I don't blame her. You know, go back to your alma mater. You know, one of the top teams in six A. can't blame her for that. So. No
1: the uh, i mean i'd just be fast i mean obviously because of where they're seated you wouldn't get to see prosper versus the colony you know round 3 yeah. 4 and 5 potentially until the regional final but um i just i guess between those two teams i mean you know you saw the first game yeah. and you know we didn't get to see the second game between them but what kind of jumped out most as far as like was it w- what surprised you most about that matchup between the prosper and the colony Did you just kind of try uh, to size up just what these teams might be able to i would do? say just how
3: Rachel Eckrote. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Ekro, yeah. yeah. How she was able to dominate the Colony's lineup because it's a pretty dangerous lineup. And I, she had, what, 16 strikeouts, I think, okay. that first game. There was a lot of crowing from uh, coachings and coaches and fans about the strike zone in that game that it might have been pretty wide. <laughs> I heard it was pretty controversial. Leading to that yeah. high strikeout <laughs> total. But, you know, it's the same on both sides. And <laughs> she wrapped up 17 strikeouts against a pretty, pretty prolific lineup that the Colony has. Um... I would say that was kind of the biggest thing that jumped out to me. Other than that, you know, both teams played pretty solid defense, can run the bases, and obviously can both hit the ball pretty well.
2: Yeah, Eckhart went 18-0 and with a .6-something ERA this year. Yeah. You know, she was second in the area in wins, and she missed, a, like, a big chunk of non-district because she was injured. Yeah. But, uh, multiple different injuries back and something else, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the Stacy Jackson, the Prosper Head Coach, didn't know if she was going to be able to play in district, and then she yeah. gets back right before district, and she's just Dominated everyone. Yeah. She's been the main reason that they've been able to beat uh, the colony because she's yeah. taken that next step as a pitcher. Because she wasn't, she was good last year, but she wasn't as good as she is right now.
3: Well, that bodes pretty well for the colony, though, if she's mm-hmm. been that dominant and they were still able to, I think, what five or six runs that mm-hmm. game. Oh yeah, put the colony up, so. easily had the best outings against her. But the other thing I like about the colony is that they have, um, well, we didn't mention Carly Charles, their starting pitcher, who's was the state championship game MVP hmm. last year. She's in Iowa State. Um, Commit one of four Big 12 players committed for, oh, for the Colony,
2: <laughs>
1: um, and they
3: didn't even win the district, right? <laughs> yeah, so they actually have six players that are going on to play college, um, four of them to the Big 12. Uh-huh. But uh, Carly Charles had another strong year, she went 19 and four. She had 139 strikeouts and 129 innings with a, a 1.67 ERA, so another good year for her. But uh, what I lo- like about the Colony is that they can beat you in a bunch of different ways offensively. Like we mentioned, Jada Coleman, mm-hmm. she Actually, statistically, had a, her stats dropped off a little bit from last year outside of that batting average. She didn't have as many runs or stolen bases. Or She's leading there in stolen bases. But yeah, she probably. still had 41 yes. steals. She only got caught three times. She hit 714 with uh, 57 runs, 25 RBIs, Just and thin. perhaps maybe the most impressive stat is 29 extra base hits. She gets on base she scores. Yes. So like, if she gets on, she can score. She, so they can yeah. beat you without even getting a hit. Like she mm-hmm. can get on, steal, walk, move, yeah. Even if intentionally walk her, you intentionally walk her, she's moving around. So they have a player like that at the top of the order that can make it happen. Then you have Can she's Oklahoma by the way. She committed when she was in 8th grade. Um, Kansas Wait, what commit. were we
2: doing in 8th grade?
3: Again? <laughs> <laughs> I think we said we were on MySpace or something yeah. on the previous podcast. Uh, but then they had the big bopper, Madison Hurst. She's a Kansas commit third baseman. She hit 487 with 10 homers and a team-high 42 RBIs this year. Uh, J.C. Hamlin, another sophomore. She's the Texas Tech commit uh, catcher. She hit 400 She actually had 41 RBIs, 30, 3 runs, and she had 18 steals and only got caught once. So between her and Jada hitting at the top of the lineup, you know, that's what, fifty nine stolen bases, only caught four times combined. Jolly. So and then you have the big bats coming up. And I wanted to also give a nod to one of the seniors on the colony, Zaria Steiner, she's mm-hmm. been there the whole way. She's a Harden Simmons signee and she's she kind of juggled switch hitting last year because th- she thought it might kind of help out her college prospects, but mm-hmm. I think she's hitting more left-handed this year, and she's got her average up to 481 with 34 runs and 30 RBIs, so those four, along with Meredith Airmine, who's another college signee for St. Mary's Gives pretty pretty stacked lineup up and
1: down. The Colony's basically a college team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which what does that say about Prosper then? As I'm just, I'm yeah. combing through the box score for their rematch, and Prosper was actually even more emphatic in that rematch. They beat him ten to three. Yeah. And I mean, Ekero had held the colony to just three hits in that rematch. I mean, so I, I mean, this this Prosper team. I mean, how of uh, how have expectations kind of changed as this team has now just kind of morphed into this this potential state championship contender have, in, in a district that had it you know, was the, the perceived to be the best. team. Team in the state coming into the season, they rods unless you look at
3: coaches polls where Little Elm was the only team in the district. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> that's right. Yeah, so yeah uh, before, I
1: remember before the season, <laughs> Little Elm was ranked like
3: 14th, The Colony, rating state champ with yeah. six college players
2: couldn't even same, get a, a the same outlet that ranking. had uh, the oh. head
1: McKinney number two in the state at one point in time. Yeah, McKinney. yeah. Mm-hmm. Little Elm's mm-hmm. L- a
2: good <laughs> team. Little Elm's a good team, but they're not. No offense, they're not better than Prosper, and they're not better than the Colony, and it showed. Yeah, I don't know what the rankings were. I don't know what they were thinking get into that but you know you look at their offense Julia Bumford for Prosper she has yeah. seven home runs she's among the area leaders you know Avery Colclazer and then you know they have some freshmen that have really stepped up in yeah. the lineup as well that weren't on that team last year so Prosper they you know they have some experience after making it you know a few rounds deep in the yeah. playoffs last year so this is a much different uh Prosper team much more experienced too and that little more pop in the lineup yeah. to kind of
3: almost reminds me a little bit of uh the colony a little bit, and just the way the teams progress. Like mm-hmm. when I started working here, the colony had never even made the playoffs, and in softball. And now they've made it eight years in a row, and they kind of just had the natural aggression, you know, the progression. They mm-hmm. made the playoffs a couple of years, then they won by a district round. Then the next year they made the second round, then the next year they made the third round. Then last year, the round, then last year all of a sudden they go out, mm-hmm. go out and win it all. Prosper, it seems like Prosper might be on a similar yeah. kind of... And, and
2: it helps when you have the numbers. Prosper head coach Stacy Jackson told me, you know, their numbers went up from 20-something kids overall to, like, 45 this year and just oh, the wow. program in, in general. So, And, of course, they're making the move to 6A next year, so they have the numbers and it's yeah. just... That's going to be a heck of a district. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So um, let's see, then let's, uh, all right, yeah, we can round this out with a look at, um, at least as far as capping the 13-5A, 14-5A discussion. Brian, uh, two teams that you're plenty familiar with, Little Elm and Frisco Independence, any initial thoughts on, uh, on that series? I,
2: I said in my written wrap-up review or preview, or whatever I should mm-hmm. say, uh, that this might be the most intriguing matchup because Independence is in the playoffs for the first time in school history. Mm-hmm. They've only been in school for a few years, but still, yeah. you know, they were 4-5, and five, you know. A month ago, a little over a month ago, they were four and five. Less than a month ago, they finished the season nine and five. You know, I, I personally, did, personally didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. I thought it was going to be Centennial Heritage, some kind of variation of that, com- whatever. Reedy that combo, and then Independence just kind of came out of came out of nowhere. They also might have the best hitter. In the in the district in Macy Allen, she's a sophomore catcher. She has 11 home runs, second in the entire area. And so they've really come along. They they beat Wakeland, We're only one of two teams to beat Wakeland this year. And that was the third to last game of district. So Independence is red hot. Winners are five in a row. And you know Little Elm, their their uh, their mood is high after beating McKinney North. And you know mm-hmm. so they it's something's got to give. So then that that's actually going to be uh, where I'll be on for sure Friday for okay. game two.
1: Then let's uh, let's quickly take a look at then District 15-5A over in the over a bit a uh, bit further east and uh, how Mesquite Poteet, and Lovejoy are sitting heading into the uh, postseason. On this side, you got a couple of rematches from last year with them and matching up against 16-5A uh, with Poteet, You know you have them against uh, against Mount Pleasant, a team that they swept pretty comfortably last year, 12 to two, 13 to one, and um, looking kind of it's it's kind of been just business as usual for Poteet. They finished 10 and two in 15-5A. Did I saw look?
2: something about Poteet. You know they they had a a pitcher with a broken arm, or with a with a hurt arm, or yeah, something. She but she was still broke able to
3: play. Her non-throwing arm, and she's not hitting it anymore, but she can still yeah, that's she's crazy. She's still pitching. Yeah,
2: Maya Stevenson. Yeah, is that's very crazy. Very, very I, don't I don't know anything about petite softball except that I saw. That. I was like, man, that's
1: incredible. See, <laughs> it yeah. definitely takes one of the bigger bats out of their lineup. I mean, she had six home runs, twenty RBIs, was batting close to four hundred wow. on the season. But it's I mean, all in all, it's still a pretty solid lineup, top yeah. to bottom. It's uh, you know, it's kind of anchored around you know a series of four year starters who have you know kind of hit in the heart of the order. I mean, they've various players who have. Kind of fluctuated as far as leading the uh, kind of the area in home runs mm-hmm. throughout their uh, throughout their high school tenures. You got players like uh, you know Hallahana Hale uh, batting leadoff. Uh, I say, say that five times. Best. I'm not going to. I don't even think I got it right one time. Uh, Ayanna Rainwater who bats you know 463. uh You know between those two, there's uh, you know 33 uh, combined stolen bases there. You got Brittany Clark batting third, hitting 450 with uh, 15 doubles, 20 RBIs, and then yeah, I mean Stevenson is just the she's the anchor on the uh, in the circle. She's been the pitcher for several. Uh, you know, for a, for a while now, she has an ERA around three. You know, 163 strikeouts and 96 innings thrown. It's a it's a team that is, I mean, plenty comfortable with the uh, with the postseason spotlight. This is their sixth straight year making it. They have had some uh, you know some heartbreaking exits in recent years. Last year against Wakeland in the area round, they lost it just one nothing. So I mean, it's a, it's a team that's definitely you know fortifies itself among the better teams in the area. It's just once you get past that first round when you run into a you know a program like Wakeland, which as form would have it, I mean, they're probably on. track to rematch again in the second round if um you know if they're both yeah. to advance we shall uh, we shall see with them, um, with lovejoy it's a uh, you know another team that's you know plenty uh you know plenty acquainted with the postseason but it's a little bit of a different i guess path for lovejoy this season they do get to rematch the same team they saw in the first round albeit under a a much different pretense lovejoy um is the four seed coming out of 15 5a and um whereas they swept a uh you know, Sulphur Springs last year. Sulphur Springs is, um, you know, they returned two thirds of their roster, and they've kind of morphed into one of the uh, one of the better teams in the uh, you know in the area. As the um, you know, they're the district champion out of 16-5A. They've only lost five games all season. Um, with Lovejoy, just in some kind of some cursory research, looking over this Lovejoy team, it's it's such a team of extremes. When you look at just kind of the way that their district schedule materialized, of their uh, let's just crunching some numbers of their 14 district games. Eight of them were decided by nine or more runs, and Lovejoy was four and four in those games. So it was either kill or be killed, yeah. <laughs> very much. And of those, uh, and then you said mentioned of those eight games were decided by nine or more runs. Of the remaining six district games, four of them were decided by one run. <laughs> So I mean, mm-hmm. it's there was really it was like a uh, just, just up down up down up down. You really didn't have any one, uh, not a whole lot of consistency as far as kind of the games that Lovejoy was playing. In the end, though, they ended up with a with a run differential of just plus four, <laughs> despite all that insanity in a, <laughs> in fifteen five a. That doesn't bode well heading yeah. into the playoffs. <laughs> but it's but it's also a district that did have. I mean, it's like Potte dominated that district. Forty, you know, we're yeah. all yeah. familiar with they. Uh, you know, they won the district outright. Um, you know, with Lovejoy, it's it's a different team. They did graduate the majority of their order from last season so it's probably you know you might not expect a, a similar outcome when they rematch sulfur springs springs appears to be a bit in a, a bit better fortified this time around than last year um with lovejoy i think it's kind of paramount for this team they're you know some of their scores are just how like wild it up and down i it's a team that kind of needs to uh to get runners on base you know Pitching and defense probably aren't the uh, you know the best methods to victory for this team because once they get on base, I mean they're as aggressive when it comes to uh you know to getting those uh, those stolen bases as any team in the area. Against Potite, they had eight stolen bases. Against North Forney, they had seven. Against Wiley East, they had seven. They've had players who have had three stolen bases in a single game, like Leah Taylor against North Forney, Holly Massey against Poteet. So um we'll uh, yeah we shall see if uh, just kind of to what uh, to what extent they're able to uh, you know maybe maybe find some semblance of, uh, of consistency and steadiness. And against Sulphur Springs after a regular season that was was anything but. So um, let's see then. Uh, Sulphur Springs looks like they're ranked 25th, right? They now. are, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a much improved team from last year. That it's three, not
3: the tough three-way tie for 25th. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't break that tie. So um, it's basically, like an honorable mention state mm-hmm. ranking. I'm sorry, just the. Uh, oh, there the actually are honorable. <laughs> <laughs> the rankings annoy me. Yes, they do have honorable mention teams. they are right? honorable yeah. Yeah. in the state For Prosper's yeah. ranked fourth in the state, and mm-hmm. the colony is honorable mention. <laughs> like, come
1: on. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> anyway. So, um, so then let's uh, yeah. So we've touched on all of our uh, all of our softball teams. We're actually going to shift gears then for our student athlete spotlight. The fast forward rewind to the soccer pitch as we cap uh, a fitting cap to soccer season. You know, we had a team make a uh, school make history over the weekend at the state tournament. Brian, you got to see it firsthand. Frisco Wakeland becoming the first team since 1985 to win both the boys and girls state championships. So, as a means of, uh, of celebration, uh, Kendrick Johnson was out at Wakeland chatting with two with the Two, I guess, what, the state championship MVPs for mm-hmm. both teams. Uh, Peyton Adams on the girls' side and Mark Bourbonis on the boys' side as the Wolverines reflected on a year that's uh, quite like, uh, I mean, a year that high school soccer hasn't seen in, you know, 32 years. So, yeah, here's uh, what they had to say.
4: Welcome back for, once again, a special this time, Fast Forward and Rewind, when we look back at the past and ahead to the future. This week we got MVPs in the house. Frisco Wakeland's Mark Barbones, sophomore MVP the state tournament. And on the ladies' side, we got Peyton Adams, Jr. MVP. Did you hear that associated with your name? What do you think about that, Peyton?
5: Um, I think it's a really good and, like, it's an honor, honestly, to be called the MVP of the state. And I love it, but at the same time, it was a team effort. It wasn't just me on the field.
4: How's it it feel the fact that that was like y'all goal. Like, I um, talked to um, Gracie a couple weeks ago. All she was talking about mm-hmm. was beating Holland Park and hosting that trophy for everybody how's it feel to do all that all at once ride.
5: um it feels like a dream honestly like i would have never guessed this in a million years that we would have won state and like our goal was hashtag 421 as you knew but like it just feels so real that like we actually came through and we worked our butts off all year and it just shows that like
4: Hard work does pay off in the end. And, Mark, you have an interesting journey. Give us an insight. So what's this this year and last year? Tell people
6: about your journey. Okay, yes. Yeah. So last year I played on the junior squ- JV squad, and I just helped them fit, record the games just like beginning of the season, coach needed somebody to record the game and say, I'll do it because I wanted to watch them play for the upcoming years. And then I did that, and I wasn't expecting us to go to state, and we did it, <laughs> and I got a medal. But I did not get a ring because I wanted to earn my own, and we did it this year. So do you got your ring with your name on it this year? Yes, sir. <laughs> the dude and your
4: friend joke, hey, man, you he went from zero to here. <laughs> <laughs> no,
6: we actually talked about our in our team dinner after one stay. We read the article that says I was the manager, and then they were like, wow, that's such a cool story. You can make a movie out of it would you only being
4: a, a sophomore do you and visualize like do you feel like next year you're gonna have a target like you went from being the hunted to the yeah. hunter next year yeah
6: so it's just it puts pressure on our back like to come back every year stronger than we were before and then, yeah and paid on the girls side y'all, got, y'all gonna
4: have a new coach and everything how's it feel to see coach Koroff one last time with that w
5: it feels amazing just to see him like go out and like go so strong and like he's worked his butt off and he's always been behind us like trying to push us to be better players and better team and it just shows that all his hard work's paid off and that he deserves this like he is always there for us and it's just amazing. Are you
4: gonna miss that those 8am crazy practices like I've been to a lot of practices y'all practices are intense it's 8am it's like man I get a sweat just watching
5: yes I am gonna miss it like it's gonna be a nice break for sure I'll get to sleep in a little bit but I'm gonna miss it a lot like those intense is i'll never forget them like just how much we did just to show that we could win state so
4: what's going through your mind during doing the shootout and all that craziness that have to be something you'll, you'll tell your kids about so, yeah. so give some insight to your mindset from when you did your kick to when y'all got that last save especially it was a double save which mm-hmm. is crazy on top of that
5: mm-hmm. um well i believe in mckenzie so much like i we're really close just because i'm backline and i'm always with her and everything but like i just was like I don't know for some reason I didn't feel as nervous as I have before like in the Highland Park game like I kind of felt relief like I was like I just know like this is gonna work out all in the end and like my shot like I knew I took a PK in um over time and I or the goalie blocked it and then I put it in or whatever but I knew that I would have to go to a different side I knew she'd know my side and so like I decided to wait and kind of see where she moved and so I took it there and other than that, like I trusted in my teammates. Like we work on PKs like every day after practice and everything. Oh, so, mm-hmm, we it's work on them. It is.
4: How, how much did the Highland Park game give y'all of confidence? Like we did, we beat basically people think the best team in the nation. Mm-hmm. Like that team was good, but did that have y'all that extra swag that y'all needed to get the job done? Yeah,
5: it did. Um, honestly, like it was another game that we had to get past, but it was something that had been in our back of our minds like all year because we lost to them, um, my sophomore year, and it was just heartbreaking to see that we could have. Have gone farther that year, but like we knew we had to beat them to go to state, and that was just another opponent we had to face. And
4: this is a joint question for both of y'all How's it feel the fact that y'all put Wakeland on the map doing something that hadn't done since 1985? Y'all weren't even born last time this has been done. That's how surreal that is. I'll start with you, Mark.
6: It's something I'm gonna remember like forever. It's history that we make, and of course, awesome to do that. And for you, Peyton?
5: It's gonna be crazy. I'll never. It's been amazing, all the team dinners we've had with the guys and we've been so close this year, like it just shows that we're like a true like team together and we're not just two separate teams, guys and girls, like we're always together and then just to win together that's amazing.
4: Talk about being around the that, that senior what you learn for those seniors. They walk us two time champions. It's kinda of like the stand for this program. Like they're gonna be talking about these dudes fifteen oh, yeah. years from now.
6: Yeah, no, so the seniors they were of course like our leaders on the field, like before every game they would make sure everybody was focused and everything. And then I'm going to remember them forever, and they, like, had a huge impact on me. But in the coming years, I'm the one that's going to have to do that to the underclassmen.
4: And give some insight to that, that, that bus trip home we were talking about. So you just get on the bus and just stroll back to Frisco? Like, how, how was that bus ride going back
6: home? Okay, so we stopped at Texas Roadhouse for some dinner. We had some Steaks and then after that, we just all chilling, listening to some loud music, and then just enjoying the moment the last moments with the seniors, too.
4: Was it cool the fact that y'all had to go to school yesterday? So, y'all
6: y'all kind of got that day that <laughs> detox. <laughs> yeah, we had a
5: long weekend, it was nice, it was really nice to just go out on that and be able to like relax.
4: So, how much time do y'all take off? hey we got fire alarm Y'all, 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 so y'all, 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 you you detox this and then kind of focus on do y'all go straight into select or do y'all just kind of like suck this in like hey I'm a champion
5: um I mean I have club going on like as well right now like I have games on the weekends and practices like tonight and stuff but I'll go to those like as I always do but like um as for like school we'll get like two weeks off for like a break just to like kind of recruit recoup and everything which is nice
6: and for you? Yeah, my club is still going on also, but my coach, he supported me going to state cause it was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And then, in fact, the day after, won state, I had an 8 a.m. game, so I had to wake up at like 6.45. How's, how's
4: it feel to play with somebody like Coach Holt? a good dude. Two champions in two years? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Coach
6: Holt, he's just one of the best coaches. I mean, two years at Wakeland, two state championships. He's just puts like the team together and he makes sure we're all focused and everything. We do the right things in practice.
4: And do you have a, a message for Wolverine Nation? It's like, give you all the support.
5: Um, I just want to thank them all for coming out. Like, it was it was a lot of help, like having y'all in the section and cheering us on. Like, that was just amazing, just to see y'all out there. Like, I know it's like hard during like our um, district games to come out there and support, but like, it's amazing to see y'all out there.
6: The fact that all the Warriors were out there, it was like amazing. Like every time I scored, I I made a heart for them because they were all out there for us. And I'm like, that motivated me to do better because I didn't want to walk out the field as a loser since they were all watching us.
4: (laughs) I don't think nobody's going to think that's (laughs) a loser after that. Yeah, so it was good that they were there. Kicking it at Frisco Wakeland with two MVPs, two state champions, winners, not losers. Back to y'all, Kendrick Johnson.
1: And uh, thank you to Kendrick, Peyton, and Mark for that a little chit-chat. Once again, congratulations to the Wolverines on a couple state championships that they won over the weekend. Um, we're going to round things out by just kind of with a quick look at the series that we're going to be covering for the rest of the week. A lot of these series get going on, uh, get going on Thursday. So, Brian, kind of break down what your uh, coverage docket looks like to round out the week. For sure,
2: I'll be covering Little Elm Independence, either game one or game mm-hmm. two. I'm not sure yet. Uh, and then I'll just kind of Playing by ear, there's a lot of good series, you know, a lot of cross market. You know, uh, Wakeland North should be a good one, Prosper Heritage, I'm not sure. Also, I've, you know, can't forget Salina on their 4 a It's hard to give 4A so, uh, teams uh, <laughs> some love, you know, we, we have such big 5A districts and 6A districts and stuff, but they're playing Ferris. Uh, they play Thursday and Friday at North 40, and then Game Three, if necessary, as well. But Salina, they're uh, coming off their first district championship in a few years, yeah. first undisputed district championship after an eight and two record. So who, who knows? I may check out some Salina softball, yeah. or either the first or second round. So keep an eye on that as well.
1: What about you, Justin.
3: Well, my partner here is going to help out with some 6A coverage. So on um, Thursday, I'm going to watch the Colony begin their title defense uh, at home against Frisco Reedy. And then Friday, I'll be out in Denton watching uh, Hebron take on Denton Geyer in a one-game 6A by district mm-hmm. playoff game. That game was originally... It, if you were thinking about heading out there, it was going to be at UNT, but it has switched to Geyer at 7.30 on Friday. So no more UNT, at
1: Denton Geyer, Hebron, and, and Geyer. And I will, uh, I guess, close out my week by focusing on the 5-6-A versus 6-6-A by-district uh, matchups, a couple of those. On Thursday, I'm going to be out at Allen for Game 1 of the Lady Eagles, uh, their first playoff series and since 2005 as they open up against the 5 a champion Flower Mound. Um, Lady Jaguars looking to make good on last year's uh, first-round exit after winning a district title see what they can do against Allen and then on Friday I'm going to hit up Flower Mount Marcus for the uh, for game 2 of their series against the District 668 champion Plano Lady Wildcats so um for all that good stuff um you know we'll have no
3: home game for Marcus baseball on Friday
1: either so you okay. shouldn't
3: have a too many parking issues that can That's always be prevalent the,
1: out there. Always the better. <laughs> always good to hear that. So, um, yeah, we'll have um. Obviously, we'll be tweeting up a storm from our games. You can follow us all along on Twitter. You can catch him at at Brian Murphy underscore. It's
2: Brian with a Y.
1: Uh, J Thomas S C N. And you can follow me along at M Welch SLM. We'll be uh, live tweeting updates from our games. Afterwards, you know, we'll have everything from video highlights from the games that we cover, rapid reaction podcasts, breaking down the games that we were just at. Uh, the first spot that you can check all that good stuff out, plus our stories will be at StarLocalSports.com. Otherwise, folks, Brian, Justin, appreciate y'all for tagging along for this. That is about all we had here. Uh, you folks enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. In the meantime, Folks, you enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you all later. Thanks again to our sponsor, Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media,
0: your community voice for news. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area.